0: Hello and welcome once again to the ALS Association Greater Philadelphia Chapter Podcast. I'm your host, Communication and Public Policy Director Tony Heil, and I am excited for today's podcast, which is with some outsiders to the cause, but they're going to provide some inside perspective. See what I did there with my words? Uh, if you listen to some other podcasts, you've heard from people with ALS like Karen Delaney Scheideloff and Matt Bellina and Barry Schultz. You've heard from legislators and other advocates like uh, uh, State Representative Brian Cutler, um, researchers uh, and, like, and people who are doing research like Kelly Almacy and Dr. Connor and, um, and other people from our staff here like Sue Walsh and Lisa Brownlee. And hopefully you're finding this podcast series helpful and informative. You can email me with some podcast suggestions at tony at alsphiladelphia.org, and you can get in touch with us at, at generally on social media at ALS Philadelphia. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, We even have a Vine and a Pinterest account, so we're really stepping up in the 21st century here. Uh, But one other thing with the 21st century is trying to find new cures here in the future for ALS, new treatments. And you know, there's a lot of excitement that's come from the Ice Bucket Challenge and from general awareness. But we want that excitement to translate to money and help to get those treatments off the ground, to move the process forward more quickly so that those patients that I mentioned earlier um, are able to get the help that they need and deserve. And in order to do that, we need to raise awareness of what ALS is and not just that water is wet, which is one thing we can learn from the Ice Bucket Challenge. And two people who've helped to raise that awareness um, through their own uh, talents as videographers, and uh, news personalities as well, um, are my friends and guests here today, Michaela Austin and uh, Rob Marcolina, who are part of Philly Films. So thanks, Michaela and Rob, for joining our podcast. I know you're excited to be here.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Tony. Thank you.
0: You're also excited to be here at our new conference table, which people might be like, why is the ALS Association spending money on a conference table? And I can assure you, this was free and donated. <laughs> so <laughs> It looks very nice, by the way. It looks nice, Ooh, but wow. yeah, we're... we're we take all kinds of donations that can help uh, move us forward and uh, create more awareness and money to fund p- find patient services and research. So, Michaela and Rob, thanks for coming here. Um, now, before we talk about ALS, let me know a little bit about your background because you come to telling stories way before you came to ALS.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm telling stories for, well, I'd say better part of our entire lives
0: (laughs) and so like for the past decade or so yeah more more than that
1: rob and i have worked together um
0: on and off since yeah
1: 2004 2005 we um I, i graduated from penn and rob um Ran the Mac lab in 2004. I graduated from Penn, and Rob was um, uh, actually my first boss. <laughs> <laughs> my first boss out of school. I did IT support and learned the uh, importance of when the computer doesn't work, turn it off and turn it back on again. Usually, it solves about ninety percent of all problems. And but... You
2: see, she doesn't have a boss anymore. That's how bad I was. <laughs> uh, well, hey, exactly. are you still together?
0: That must be a good thing. <laughs> yes, yes. He is he's my
1: he is my business husband for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, so we've been working together since then. Um, founded Philly Films in 2004. Um, uh, when we wanted to produce a documentary about um my alma mater and then and his um where he was working at the University of Pennsylvania, uh the Palestra basketball mm-hmm. gym. Um most you know oldest historic still uh still operating gym in the country. Oldest still operating basketball gym, college basketball gym in the country. There we go.
0: I'm um, not going to correct your information on here. That's all right. And I mean, I will home. if it's totally wrong. But
2: and it was the home of the Big Five. And the and home so of the Big I Five, So I went there yes. I was a, when I was a kid with my father when all the Big Five games were played there. So, you know, once I found out that's what you were working on, you know, I had to get roped in, and then, of course, I roped you into the Curse of White Ben.
1: Correct, yes.
0: So, so, so you've doing documentaries, and I think what you're saying is, yeah, it helps that you're working on things that you guys care about, and that you can absolutely. both feel passionate about. Yes. Oh, no doubt.
1: Correct. So, we've been doing that for the past, like, 10 years. We first um, got in contact with you guys, I think, originally from uh, when I was working at PHL 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a news producer there for about three years, and uh the uh, the Phillies are huge supporters of ALS the
0: biggest supporters in the country really
1: right yeah absolutely and you know we have the ALS festival every year and as a um, reporter there, we did a lot of coverage of Phillies. So naturally when the, I think it would have been 2011, the first year I, I met you guys. Um, which is when out. I started.
0: So this worked out really well.
1: I know. I like that. Um, so I came out and covered that. And I met Frank Gabrielli before the event. Mm-hmm. That was the first encounter I had with an ALS pe- uh, ALS patient. Actually, to be perfectly honest with you, before that, I didn't even know that ALS and Lou Gehrig's disease was the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess is probably pretty... Um, telling of of, um, general knowledge prior to the ice bucket challenge in general anyway.
0: And Um, as you will talk about later, it's not that 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 information is still prevalent amongst a lot of people. They did the challenge, and then what does that mean?
2: The the name association is there now, and I think, you know, the knowing what ALS, you know, the the name ALS and Lou Gehrig's disease, I think, has been more fused together. But, I mean, we've been asking people, you know, um, because of the work we've done and whatever, you know, we're asking them very simple questions like number one you know what do you think the life expectancy is of ALS and number two you know how many people out of a hundred pass away from ALS and it's still staggering the numbers that you get I mean they think that it's sometimes 10 to 15 years life expectancy right. instead, of, instead of two to five right and that uh, I've heard people who said, oh 40 percent die." Mm-hmm. It's like no, it's virtually 100 percent
0: right so it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. So, so you, McKaylin, were working on uh, doing stuff for PHL seventeen with the Phillies, and you worked with the Phillies too, right? Like, kind of doing their video, like some of the video stuff at the event. At yeah, the ball, yeah, ball I,
1: um, yeah, I work freelance for uh, the Fanavision crew, which is big. I'm the kiss cam girl. That's what. Everybody someone's got to be. Hey, we don't even do kiss cam every game, and I'm still the kiss cam girl. But it uh, is what it is.
0: Because <laughs> I, I, I see your pictures; you're at so many of the games, mm-hmm. um, recording at the, the ballpark, which looks like a fun job.
1: It is. It is. Even when the team isn't doing so well. I'm not saying that's happening right now. No, they're, they're still <laughs> they're, my I, it, they're hey. Always I'm not, my favorite team too. <laughs> I'm not from
0: Philadelphia originally, and I hope the Phillies win the next twenty World Series. They're but, probably not going to win it this year because it's already mm, almost. Like, it's October now that this goes yeah, up. So they're yeah, mathematically they're, eliminated they, like three weeks
1: ago. They've been mathematically eliminated <laughs> for a little bit. But yeah. most teams worse. So. Most teams true. But um, cool. Um, see, so yeah, I started working for the Phillies uh, for the Fanavision crew in 2012, summer 2012. Um, already had a little exposure to them through PHL 17, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, just the you know working the events both for the Phillies and then for Fan Division because they do coverage of that too, obviously on the big screen. The unbelievable amount of support the players have, that the uh, the coaching staff, like just all the way you know all the way up the the rungs, all the way up to Dave Montgomery down to you know. Um, the fans, it, was, it just really blew me away.
0: Yeah, I've know? gone to Phillies games and worn my walk shirt or my ALS shirt and had the people who were taking me in my seats recognize and talk about the festival, Yeah, which is really nice. I mean,
1: It's huge, and I, mean, I think people actually correlate the festival to, you know, raising awareness of the funds for ALS. It's not just, oh, it's a cool event you go to, and then you get there and you're like, oh, I didn't know what this is for. I think yeah. people actually really get what it's for.
0: Honestly, when I first started here, a friend of mine who's a Phillies fan, which isn't hard to find around here, um, he said... Um, oh, that's the thing that the Phillies do. So that was his first... He didn't even know much about ALS, but he knew that the Phillies were involved, which is cool.
2: Well, I grew up here, and I've known for 30 years about the Phillies and their involvement with, you know, ALS, uh, you know, fight, the fight against ALS. Again, same thing, though. I didn't know the specifics of it, but it, I like I said, for 30 years I've known about it because it's been that prevalent. Every single year they have had... You know, I didn't know if it was a walk or a luncheon or whatever, but they always had some sort of a festival, some sort of a huge event every single year, and I always knew it to be their major charity. I mean, that's how amazingly supportive they have been mm-hmm. in the fight against, you know, ALS. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: And you know what that reminds me, so we were talking about Frank and I want to go back to Frank. Yeah, we answered first, but I remember your story about our friend Chuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then
1: Oh my god, yeah, the first time I ever cried. I, I ever tried covering an event. I
0: was going to say, ever. Wow, ever.
1: And I had done some pretty emotional, worked on some pretty emotional stuff, and I was filming. I mean, and that was and 2012. That was 2012. That was my first exposure to um, the festival event. And really my first exposure, aside from having met Frank a couple weeks earlier, we did like a preview piece mm-hmm. about what the ALS, um, you know, Phillies Festival is all about. with And mm-hmm. then we talked about it through Frank's Eyes. Um, I was walking around and it was after the event was pretty much wrapped and everybody was downstairs. Um, the players were downstairs mm-hmm. meeting the fans. And and um, I met Chuck for the first time. And he, Chuck Morris, and he was um, sitting there talking with uh, Ryan Howard just jarring away. And I came up to him and I said, hey, might I interview you? And he's like, yeah, sure and you know i said what does it you know mean to you to see the players come and and you know show their support um for this cause and for the fight and he made this comment that just it still sticks with me where he you know basically said he's going to he said a lot better than i'm going to say it but he said basically you know he was a phillies fan he's been a phillies fan his whole life and he's like all these years i i supported the phillies i never knew that I would be in, in a position where one day they would need to support me.
0: Yeah, and, and, I, and, and obviously just, you're stuck with me because I remember it too. I,
1: yeah, I lost it. I like literally just started tearing up and mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh my God, this is the first time I've ever broken down. And just the way he said it and, and the passion in his voice and how much he truly appreciated the mm-hmm. support that the players had, that the organization had. Um, that everybody at the event had, and, and the LS Association too, because that's where I met a lot of you guys as well.
0: See, and I remember Chuck had said that he had been to the festival before as a fan, right? And he and, never knew
1: that one day he would be right. It wasn't need like the, the support so much. Uh,
0: and that's yeah. it's a gut punch, right? Oh
1: god, it killed me. Absolutely killed me. So, so
0: um, and, and so you have gone, and and you know from videotaping you're not just someone who's holding a camera you're a storyteller right or yeah. story court i don't know how you want to put it but storyteller, you storyteller yeah absolutely yeah. and
1: storyteller through a medium of video
0: right well just well, case storyteller
1: <laughs> don't get too complicated i guess
0: so um but you if i tell people who are trying to figure out how to encourage donations or um, volunteers or whatever that it's story hope and plan That the, mm-hmm. the story is paramount over everything else and that's really where you guys are experts and so you, when you go to the festival, and now you've both been at all of our events. Um, well, not all of our events, but even at any of our events. Um, you, you're you telling the ALS story. You're not just saying the Phillies raised $700,000 at this year's festival and it's going to fund these programs. Right. You want something deeper than that. And that's something I'm sure that you understood before you even went to meet Chuck. Oh, yeah.
1: well, I mean, So that's your, something... that's, your,
0: uh, that's your perspective on doing your job as videographers. Yeah, yeah well, you want to cover the story that is there
2: and it's never you know our preconceived notion of what the story is it's ultimately the story of these people these families this extended family mm-hmm. which exists you know with the ALS association greater philadelphia chapter and just you know people in the neighborhood and etc i mean it like in the case of karen i found out that my neighbor across the street who doesn't go to the walks and the like actually is a really good friend of karen and she's part of that extended Family, you know, and she has actually donated and helped out in some other ways, and it's just that—that's the story that's there. And so, to be able to tell the story specifically about the patient and the family, but then also the extended, you know, family and and all these other interwoven, you know, connections. I mean, that's the whole story.
0: So we can talk about the numbers, uh, a thing like the Phillies have raised sixty million dollars since nineteen eighty four, or the Ice Bucket Challenge raised X amount of money, or. That we have served 1,200 people in the last year with ALS at our chapter, but your job is to tell the story beyond those numbers. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how do you come to do that, or like what have been or, or, or would have been powerful about it?
1: You know, it's it's it is important to understand the numbers obviously because that's what sort of the first thing that people that grabs their attention, like oh my god, I didn't realize that this disease was so mm-hmm. you know widespread. I mean, it's not cancer, it's not. Um, you know, other major uh, kind of uh, diseases that people are aware of. It's, it's something that up until recently with the Ice Bucket Challenge, I think we've, found, we've encountered that most people didn't even know the basics about, you know, the life expectancy and um, how devastating it is and what it actually does to people. So, mm-hmm. you know, our goal as filmmakers, I think, within this vein is to help educate people that don't have a firsthand experience or don't know somebody who has ALS or have a friend who has a family member who has ALS or or heaven forbid their own family or, or themselves they don't have a direct connection to it and don't understand the impact that that disease has that this disease has on not just that person's life but everybody around them and the fact that it it you know, generally, statistically takes somebody's life in two to five years, makes it a challenge because you don't have a long time to really identify the disease with one person. You know, you have like something like, um, you know, cancer, and a lot of people uh, think of specific people who, who fought it for years and years and years and years. Some overcame it, some didn't, but they were able to identify with that person over the course of 10, 20, 30 years, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, an ALS patient, you know, if you're lucky, they get beyond five years. And that's not a lot of time to really get to know that person and understand, you know, what they're going through, um, and and empathize with them. So I think our goal as filmmakers is to just to, to show that story and help educate people. Now you know what this disease is. You kind of get a better idea of what the statistics, you know, the sti- statistics, statistics. <laughs> sorry, what the sti- statistics are behind it. Now it's important to understand, you know. Get a personal connection even if you don't have one directly through our storytelling mm-hmm. so that you want to make it you know a difference you don't just want to donate you want to actually become proactive tell other people to donate you want to you know help fight as opposed to just say yeah that sucks
0: and I've heard a lot of' seen your videos because you've done a number for us mm-hmm. um, you obviously want to talk about the person in their history before ALS or you know with living with it so you're not just talking about like well here's how like Rob said, Karen is doing today, or here's how Frank's doing today. It's about, like, well, here's who Frank is. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I've done a lot of video where I'm here. My tools and my abilities are less than what you guys can do because that's your your expertise, and you have a lot – hopefully you have a lot more at your disposal. <laughs> otherwise, why are we sitting here? Um, <laughs> but you – Well uh, put, well put. Um you know you're you're looking to to show that you know these are human beings They're, the ALS is not who they are right Absolutely. so that's really your main goal and and so what are your, what are the kinds of things that you have found through this like in terms of who people are like does it bring have you seen that it brings certain aspects of their life out or or what well, I wanted to say before that um how you're able to how are able
2: to do that and tell the story is, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. is by listening mm-hmm. so listening to The patients and the families listening to you guys as well and and getting educated. So first we got educated and then we were able to, you know, listen and put the story together in its, you know, totality. And what you learn along the way, the first thing I learned, and I had less um, understanding of, you know, the the disease because Mick for about six months to maybe a year had been doing the work for PHL 17 Mm -hmm. and interviewing, you know, Chuck and some of these other folks before I met them. But the thing that was most amazing to me is the spirit and courage of the patients, the families, I mean, also the humor that is interjected with a lot of folks. I mean, that, that was the most amazing thing to me after the original shock of, wait a second, this is a two to five year terminal mm-hmm. illness. I didn't know it was that aggressive and that um, horrible.
0: hmm Yeah, Yeah, you know, the humor part is important to me because I like to be funny. I try. I'm not (laughs) saying I'm good at it, but I. (laughs) You like to try to be funny. (laughs) Right. Um, But if you try too hard, you usually fail. Um, But a lot of the people that we associate with, everyone you've mentioned is funny in their own way. And I think most people have some humor to them, except for jerks. Um, And, um, you know, when you hear Ole of ALS, you come in saying there's nothing funny here. But being funny is part of being human. We still don't understand what that all is about, you know, trying to figure out why we tell jokes. Uh, But it bonds us, right? Like you're able to identify with someone that can be funny. I know we're friends with a lot of the same people now that have ALS. And um, that really makes them more human when they're able to tell a little joke. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right? So you're able to, uh, do you identify more with people now because of the kind of not just the stories they tell, but the, the people that they are through oh, your yeah. storytelling.
1: Well, it's perspective, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I know it's like cliche, but people always say like, you know, life could be worse. Like, I get all, you know, ticked off because I like screwed my knee up this weekend at a CrossFit competition, and then I sit back and look at it and go, I'll be able to walk.
0: You're gonna do CrossFit again.
1: I'm gonna do CrossFit
0: again. Right, like like uh, WWE know, champion Seth Rollins, he does CrossFit all the time. Yeah,
1: exactly. So it's, I like to put in
0: my wrestling references as much I as I can. I know it's okay. I won't hold it against <laughs>
1: um, But you know, I think just for me in general, it just puts perspective into life a little bit. Mm-hmm. Of like you know, all right, if I were faced with a situation where I couldn't walk again, how would I handle that? Mm-hmm. You know, and I it, I've never had that. I've never I've never been around anybody who you know, um, I've been around, I've been an athlete my whole life. So I've been around people who blew their ACLs out and obviously had a pretty extensive recovery that they had to deal with, but, Mm -hmm. you know, and everybody has their own perspective within that challenge, but actually being around, you know, these folks who have a terminal illness is, but have such a incredible outlook on life. And I'm not saying that they were like, Oh, I have ALS. Awesome, I'm going to be an advocate. <laughs> right. No, they, you know, it took every single one of them, and the ones who have been kind enough to share their story with us, and, and you know, allow us to become more intimately aware of their experiences. Every single one of them had a you know a, a period of denial and acceptance and everything that that they did at their own stage. But at the point that we got to meet a lot of them, Karen, Chuck, um, Frank, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of these um, you know patients in the Greater Philadelphia area have all literally taken it and said. Like you said, okay, I am living with ALS. ALS doesn't define me. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with the amount of time that I have left? Be that a year, two years, three years, five years, hopefully
0: longer. Right.
1: Um, and that that sort of um, outlook on life is just incredibly inspiring for us you know, as filmmakers. Do you think Very it's changed to you
0: as
2: people? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It,
1: Absolutely. It Without opens your doubt. heart. Well,
2: it, it, it opens your heart more just by virtue of, of you know being around them. Mm-hmm. And seeing what they're going through and their incredible, you know, I mean, the the thing that I've noticed about all the patients that we've been around is it's their honesty, Mm -hmm. it's their caring, and out of that comes the humor.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they just want to have a normal day to day life like anybody else. Right.
2: And and Karen has this thing hanging up in her house that I always mess up, and it's something along the lines of it's not the length of, you know, life that you live, but the amount of life and the length of time that you're here. Right. You know, and that is so true and it's inspiring and, you know, humbling at the same time.
0: Yeah. I, I, and I think for us, cause my grandfather at ALS, but I think even so sometimes I feel like an outsider because I don't, I don't have it. I don't have one of these health issues personally. Um, right today, I'm not as much of an outsider as you guys are in terms of never having experienced it. But, um, when you meet someone the first time, you're thinking about it in just that perspective of what you're talking about. When you realize, like you said, Rob, they're they're dealing with it every day. So it's not that it's minimized in their life, but other things take up more of their headspace. You know, it's mm-hmm. you know ALS is what I do, what I have, but I also have to get the groceries, or I have to, you know, I have to go to bed tonight. I have to do all these things. I just have to operate with it under that paradigm. And that's something that, that can be tough for a lot of us to deal with, whether like sponsors the first time they come to meet with personal ALS. Um, legislators would meet with them, and they're like sometimes like, talk to them. Like, what do I do? Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. a human way of doing things, right? Yeah. So I'm sure that your way of interacting with a lot of the ALS families you've met with has grown and evolved. Like you're better able to talk to, and not just people with ALS, but people with disabilities of any sort, right?
1: Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I think this is – um Spawned off my own personal interest, and I mentioned CrossFit earlier, but mm-hmm. that's like kind of my other big passion. Is you know I'm a former athlete. I, One day you
0: could be WWE champion, like uh, Seth Rollins. Here we go. I'm yeah, saying this all just I like can tweet, Seth Rollins, <laughs> and hopefully he will tweet. Just <laughs> <Seth> Rollins. <What? laughs> he he yeah, he might be at a CrossFit too. I don't know.
1: But um, I've gotten really interested in, in working with adaptive athletes for mm-hmm. the same reason. And mm-hmm. before, you know, encountering a lot of the patients and, and you know living with the, or working and covering the folks who are living with ALS, I not that I was uncomfortable around anybody with a disability, but just like anybody else, I was afraid to say something that would offend them. And then I was afraid to do something that would be like, oh, high five. Oh, shoot, I forgot we can't do that. You know, like just any little stupid thing you wouldn't think about on a day-to-day basis when you're around um, someone who doesn't have a visual disability. So Mm -hmm. I think just having the opportunity to be around these folks and realizing that, there's no difference other than the fact that, you know, they're literally, their lives are just have to be constructed differently at this moment based on the limitations that they're facing. Mm-hmm. And you just, you know, they'd rather you just be you. Keep it real. <laughs> keep it real. Yeah. We always, we always say keep it real. We've, you know, um, well, Karen, but, and Rob's grow- <laughs>
2: said, Karen and Matt both said, you know, I want to be treated the way you would treat me, you know, just otherwise, yeah. I mean, just treat me like me.
0: Yeah, And so you're treating them well, it's like, different. you want to treat people with ALS like you would treat everyone else, yeah. but then maybe it changes how you would treat everyone else, is well how I feel about it. It's like, yeah. you know, I, I need to be more cautious, not how to treat someone who has a disease, but maybe it should just re- be respectful to everybody. And if you're respectful to everybody, then it's easy to be respectful oh, well, to someone heck, with a disease, yeah. right? To
1: others, right? Isn't that what the Pope was saying all weekend?
0: Yeah, I mean, Love? it's an easy thing, <laughs> but... You know, it's, it easy kind to, of pers- it's easy to screw up, too. It, it's, you know, <laughs> when you think about, I like to quote something more above that, and that's Bill and Ted and say be excellent to each other. Ah, there you go. Because, you know, I, I think when it comes to um, the golden rule, you know, treat others as you would be treated, you don't know how you would want to be treated in that situation until you understand that, right? Yeah. Like you have to understand that first, and then you can know how you would want to be treated.
1: Yeah, absolutely true man.
0: which means being excellent to each
1: other be excellent to each other yeah. I think I do like the Bill and Ted reference better than the Popes <laughs> oh yeah. nothing
0: against the Pope we love yeah. the Pope yeah. came to Philly of all the places to go to best place to come Would to I'd love to
1: see Bill and Ted kissing babies on the head though yeah. well, like, little Bill and Ted babies that'd be pretty cool yeah, we
0: you, know, haven't
2: heard, you haven't heard the jokes that uh, you know Karen and, uh, and, and, and we do and when uh, I'm around Matt <laughs> Right, because you're meeting with them in a different oh <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, oh, I don't yeah, know, I don't those know if those are, are podcast
1: friendly or excellence not. Or not. <laughs> yeah, the most the funniest humor of like you know really kind of like dissing on themselves that, that we've mm-hmm. heard in the last yeah. come from yeah. people living with ALS where they're just like oh yeah blah and you're just like oh my god did you just say that and they laugh and it's like okay you know whatever. And, and Karen, the people Karen went, went to the low five it.
2: this weekend. She's like yeah high are aren't my th- high fives aren't my thing. <laughs>
0: and, and the people we're talking about are people you can hear on our podcast um, on iTunes. Um, Episode one was with Matt Bellina, a person with ALS, who's now good friends with both Mikaela and Rob, especially Rob. Um, and nothing against how good, but I always hear Rob It's a, it's a
1: right? guy bro thing. Right. right. <laughs> I get it.
0: So you can hear Matt Bellina's podcast. <laughs> Karen's fine, um, then. <laughs> and uh, you can hear uh, Karen Delaney Scheideleff and her family were, uh, recorded a podcast in the halls of Congress, and you can hear that on our iTunes channel as well. You have to scroll back because I was back in May, and we've done about 20 or so since then. Um, so... They have great perspectives on life and everything like that. They do now. You, you, we, we talked about how you recorded for the Phillies Festival, but you've done more beyond that. Now you recorded the Walk, and then you've recorded some special projects for National. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've met a lot of people. What other kinds of things have you recorded, including the Walk, like that you found powerful after the Phillies?
1: Well, with um, with well, with you guys, obviously, I know we started doing some some videos with you guys, um, meeting Kevin Glenn, um, getting to meet Chuck Norris. Uh, Chuck Norris, listen to me. <laughs> <Norris>. <laughs> He'll love to hear that. Chuck Norris. Yeah. He is like Chuck Norris, though. Getting to meet Chuck and his family. I mean, that was, you know, I met oh, him at God the Christ. event, but getting to meet him and his family and awesome. then actually sitting there. Was awesome. And interviewing his kids. And these are three young girls who, you know, Jesus. I mean, you would never expect the, you know, the amount of
0: maturity. Of
1: maturity. Yeah. The amount of maturity to come from such a young kid who, you know, has such a. Uh, challenging thing to deal with, and just their their perspective and how you know uh, Chuck's wife is is um, takes takes care of him, which is a huge huge amount of responsibility. Obviously, that's tough.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then the kids as well, but the kids really are there helping. And it, it just that family in general just mm. blew me away. I think of all of the and, and not to knock any of the other you know patients we've we've interviewed, but that experience was probably you know in terms of 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 a whole family coming together like that with the, you know, his wife and then his kids all really looking at this as not something they have to do, but it's something they, they want to do. You know, the kids want to be at home and they're homeschooled and, and they want to have the opportunity to know their father, you know, as best they can for whatever time he has and, you know, learn from, You know, his experience and his knowledge and and just understanding how to, like we just said, you know, they can then go on and grow up, you know, regardless of the path their father takes with his disease. They can go on and grow up and be kind, caring individuals who better understand, you know, other people and are able to make better interactions in life. And, And the fact that now facing what they're they're facing his wife sees that as an opportunity for the kids to and and Chuck too for that matter see that as an opportunity for the kids to to learn right it's just mind-boggling to me because I think a lot of people would just sit and, and be upset all the time
0: well I think uh, you know the, the saying is uh, when you look at it you don't you think how do you choose to do that every day yeah and for other people it's like well that's just my life that's what I have to do and that's what you've learned is <laughs> everyone's got their their different lives you know, I, when I first got here to do uh, media and communications and, and my role, people were like, "Oh, I hope you cover this event and get and make people know that the walk was great." Was great, but really, we want to, in order to make the walk great, the walk to feed ALS, which you've also covered, we'll talk about. Um, it's getting those stories to sell the the significance of ALS. You know, because the, <laughs> the walk is a celebration; it's terrific. Yeah. And, but you want people to know why they should donate and volunteer and advocate. And that's because of those stories like Chuck. Hmm? So you, you find those personal stories more gratifying to do. Okay. Not that you don't like coming to the walk and we love you coming, but no, I mean, the walk
1: is important too. I mean, all of it's important. Right. Awareness is important. And for us, you know, Rob but you like I, to get
0: in deep to what the story is. We do.
1: Yeah. And we'll, we'll jump back well, to tell you a little bit more about some of the other stuff. I'll let Rob roll on that with ALS national, but, um, the national association. But, um, You know, one quick thing that I wanted to note about us and and our production company, Philly Films, is, you know, we've always, Rob and I, for the past, um, you know, 13, 14 years that we've worked together, have always been very passionate about, um, you know, causes, but we never really had a rallying cry, I guess, Mm -hmm. if you will, for our company, so... You know, the experience of, of working with the, you know, the folks living with ALS and with you guys and now having an opportunity to do some video projects for National within their campaign of every August until a cure is really helped us develop what we want to do, you know, as mm-hmm. filmmakers in the long haul. And, and we call it production for impact. That's mm-hmm. um, a new, not new, but that's, you know, finally well, a term that we, yeah. what,
2: what we've been wanting to do for a long time. And it all kind of brought it together.
1: Yeah
0: yeah being
1: we're we're pursuing projects that you know be it documentaries be it videos be it whatever um that actually can make an impact for a cause um you know obviously the obvious ones being in ALS since we're talking about it now but other ones we're working on too that you know are similar situations where they don't have the attention that they deserve and need um in order to in the case of ALS find a cure or find a some treatments, or highlight
0: them, the things them. that exist so people know about them, and
1: highlight things, Actually, so. educate to educate people, Again, and, and create talk about
0: impact.
2: Change and how you know we've changed
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: because of our association with these amazing people. That's one way in which we we've changed. We we had an inkling that we wanted to do that, mm-hmm. you know, that we wanted to go in a direction of production for impact. And then when you see the amazing family like Chuck's, and you see all these amazing people that we've, you know, been around, then you say, well, you know what, we have these abilities. And if we have the ability to tell stories, why not then just try to tell as many stories as we can that are going to help people, like again, production for impact, and you see the selflessness that all these families and all the the, the patients have and whatever, it absolutely rubs Mm -hmm. off on you.
1: Oh yeah, and it's the least we can do to help expand their story in a medium that people you know, let's, let's face it, people have short attention spans, you know, yeah. it's like if there's a video, they'll watch the video, you know, over-reading something. Right. So if we have an opportunity um, to make an impact through, you know, a medium that we consider ourselves to be pretty good at, at producing.
0: Well, one way you help make an impact is by doing some videos for us that, that we showed up to National and said, hey, you guys should check out Philly Films because they can help with some video production and work um, to highlight the ALS story. Mm-hmm. And the, the one that, was the best hook for us was talking about assistive technology, our friend Kevin and meeting with Elisa Brownlee here. You can listen to it in multiple podcasts um, and including our last one on emergency preparedness. Uh, but we took that to show like how an eye gaze system worked, how it helped him in his day, helped how it helped uh, his fiancee Therese and them live together and have a life together. Mm. Um, and we took that in multiple ways. I, I took that to national. He like said video works well. Um, I took that to uh, Advocacy Day. I could take it to a legislator and say, this is why we need to pass a Steve Gleason Act, mm-hmm. which they did. And it partly because awesome. we were able to show videos of this is what it does. This yeah. is why um, speech technology is important. And this is why we need to make changes to Medicare Medicaid. and Medicaid. Well, it's they got it. those
1: decision makers identify with a person, not a exactly. disease.
0: Exactly. And that's why video is so important. And there's more of an impact to make with video today than when you started, because when you started, well, there was no right. YouTube. No, there wasn't.
1: I, I actually, you know, remember as a senior in college, right before starting Philly Films, I apparently had a Facebook page and didn't know. Mm-hmm. I had like a friend come up to be like, "You never accepted my friend request," and I'm like, "What the heck are you talking about?" And they're like, "It was you know, still a college Facebook." Right? I'm like, oh, I, I don't said know all the dawdy it. The fa- I'm like, I don't know what that thing is. I don't know. So I finally, eventually
0: joined. Right. <laughs> but but now you you have a smartphone. You can go and just take that two minute clip to everywhere.
1: Yeah, you can mm-hmm. pop it right up on your phone. You could show it to somebody and say look you got 2 minutes you know here you're going to be able to pack more information and more power into 2 minutes or a minute and a half of a of a well you know constructed video telling a story than a page you know handing somebody a page of, of written literature
2: using- it's just the
1: nature of of
2: um, using more of the yeah. senses. I mean,
1: yeah, you know. yeah, I mean right. it's not to say that the, not all of them it's you shouldn't the read. <laughs> Definitely not to say you shouldn't read because I think that's important too. But unfortunately, anymore today, people just would prefer to watch something over well, read. Well, it's your
0: inroads to read more. Yeah, you know it's it's your. But you're right. It's not just about the video of seeing how a thing. It's the audio of hearing. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, it's all the components yeah, that go yeah, with. Yeah. you have got music that you know
2: right get, that you know makes it more emotional and draws you in. And you know, and the other thing I was going to say is just you know when it comes to telling stories i mean the way we always say it is you know when, when it turns out well is said we're just glad we didn't mess up a great story because mm-hmm. these people mm-hmm. yeah. they're the story mm-hmm. and it's our job to just make sure we tell it correctly so the only thing we ever say is when when it's appreciated and whatever we said you know what i'm really glad we did these wonderful people justice i mean you're talking about Charisse and kevin and all the other people we talked about
0: Yes, so we took that, showed it to National, so it was effective for advocacy and what they could do, mm-hmm. and then you guys got to work with national. so tell us a little bit about what you did for the National ALS Association.
1: Well, so far we've done two um, real uh, important videos with them, short videos. Uh, they were both um, two two minutes, minute and a half?
2: I, I remember. don't like that. Yeah, minutes minute, minutes not... of
1: two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, again, right in that short attention span, like, you know, sweet spot. Uh, the first one... It was actually the wristband I have on still uh, with Quinn. Uh, you Pat know, Quinn. Pat Quinn. Sorry, yeah, Pat Quinn for the win. Um, and uh, that was earlier in the summer. Uh, basically, uh, you know, national and the other associations were trying to figure out what they wanted to do to kind of keep the ice bucket challenge or the, the craze behind the ice bucket mm-hmm. challenge going. Um, obviously, now we're doing that every August until a cure. Uh, but this would have been right before that so we got a chance to go out. Was, we met
2: because it was, with, yeah, yeah, right was at the this beginning month. of
1: the summer, yeah. We met with Pat, um, sat down uh and did essentially a you know, um an on on on-cam- camera PSA. Yeah, but him thanking everybody for their support, their donations, for getting involved. Um, uh, but that the that it's also important now to keep that going and to translate that into educating people and continuing the you know to fundraise and help find a cure um so we got a chance to again like said meet with him shoot that uh nationally use that i believe to send out to the what did they say 600,000 new um donors uh -hmm. to the you know als association that they garnered after the ice bucket challenge um they got great feedback from that tons of views and then um Couple months ago, we uh, started the, the working
2: synergies. on yeah. Snurges, who you know, I don't know if many people know were the actual originators of the Ice Bucket right. Challenge, right. but basically, um, Pat Quinn and them were, were more like, like marketing. They and, took and, it from Anthony Seracio, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and the, and they ran with it, mm-hmm. and the and the Snurches, you know, they they, they were fine. Yeah. Uh, and
1: that'd be Anthony and Jeanette mm-hmm. Snurge so up in New York
2: um, because Anthony's had it over How ten. Long- Years he's had uh, ALS for over ten years, and uh, but that was fantastic, and th- that literally was Anthony doing the ice bucket challenge as well as uh, Jeanette mm-hmm. and uh, and their daughter, and spurring people on to basically saying, "Hey, you're challenged again." Yeah. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And likewise, same way we got to interview both of them um, in their you know living room space, and and just uh, you know uh, uh, Anthony is. Obviously, uh, tough to understand him right now because of you know, it's the bulbar, yeah, yeah, Yeah. the bulbar aspect of ALS. And, um, but uh, what I thought was really heartwarming was the entire time we were there, um, you know, Jeanette was saying how sometimes she has her her up days and her down days with Anthony naturally. I mean, she's there taking care of him, where some days she has a harder time understanding him, other days she doesn't, and his daughter who was, I mean, what is she, 10? Really that like, young? I thought
2: she was like seven. Eight,
1: I mean, she's no more than 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Still very young. Um, I mean, she almost is like, "Dumb mom, this is what dad said. I mean, like she understood him word for word and was almost like our, our, our translator during yes. the interview at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then,
0: but in that way, you, get, it was to, so cool, you, you know? get to see that what ALS is like for a whole family, not a just a person. Fa- exactly.
1: No, yeah. So you know, the, the relationship
0: between uh, yeah, we were a father probably, and a yeah. child, which you and I both think is so important. Not that you don't.
1: No, right. <laughs> yeah. No kids. Yet. We were probably Kidding there
2: that. three, three and a half hours for what turned into, you know, a minute and a half.
1: But, yeah. I mean, Spot. yeah just just shooting the you know what <laughs>
0: and people don't realize that. they think you took a minute a video or two minute video, and that took like a half hour to do, but really. I mean, well, I did a video with you guys, and then we went to promote the walks, you yeah. yeah, came takes, to my house, and it, it took a while. Some time,
1: yeah. One, and yeah. and you know, you know, working with us that we're not... And I'm like, oh, there, there's like know.
0: a couple seconds of Tonya there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're verbose individuals. We're storytellers. If right, we were right, right. quiet, we wouldn't be very good at our job. But we also, you know, really pride ourselves, I think, in, in particularly recently with these projects we've gotten the opportunity to work on, um, with, you know, folks living with ALS is it's it's important to not just come in and just do an interview and get out because you're not going to get the real story that way. You know, you're going to get the same response that they've probably given mm-hmm. to everybody else. So it's important to us to come in, you know, meet the people that we're mm-hmm. going to be interviewing and not just the, the patient or the, the subject, but the family and the yeah. kids who are there and get a better understanding of, of the whole dynamic. Um, but then that also, I think, I don't, you know, maybe biased, but I think it helps them relax a little bit and mm-hmm. they feel like, you know, okay, these guys are, they understand what we're doing here and they're genuinely interested in my story. They're not just here to, to, you know, do their job and collect a paycheck. And yes. that's never been why we did it. It's not a job. No, I mean, it's this not. Is, no, it's never felt like a job. This
2: is a, an opportunity. for <laughs> <laughs> Us to get to know these people and get to know their story. And then again, Make sure that, you know, we can do them justice in telling their story.
0: Yeah. yeah. So you're got, you are you are going to want to be telling more in-depth stories. You're not stopping the ALS story now. No, um, absolutely not. I know you're... Was, re- it, was it cured? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> then, no. I still no.
1: We're still so, going. We're all... I we're mean, all in.
0: Yeah. So you're... Um. I know you guys are um, talking with National about doing some more stories in the next year. Um, yeah. We like can't give away like what all a, those projects are going to be yet because no, we don't no. know the details. But, but just,
1: again, more, more mm-hmm. educating people.
0: And you're looking forward to that next step about what you're able to do. Um, I know that we're excited about being able to collaborate and consult on some other projects you might be doing. Um, and then uh, there's gonna be some news coming out soon about some of the things you're gonna be doing. I think that's gonna be cool, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if all if all the stars yeah. align, that's right. the, always the goal. Well, I only <laughs> need about one more star to
2: align. so yeah. that's, that's <laughs> good. Close,
1: the yeah. others are aligned. So um, very very close to being able to do uh a, you know significant project that we um, are very passionate about to again continue to educate people. Now that the awareness is there and the connection. Um, between the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge or the Ice Bucket Challenge and ALS, mm-hmm. I think this second go around is helping to solidify that. Oh yeah, that's right, I did that last year, and that's right, it was about ALS. And, you know, you know, taking the opportunity to not you know miss that window mm-hmm. of interest, and um, like I said, just educate people. On, on what it is that they they need to be passionate about.
0: Well, I'm hoping that we can use this podcast to help let people know about the kind of work you're doing, how in depth you are with the process, and uh, hopefully people learn about how Philly Films is helping to educate more people about ALS okay. and is going to be doing more about that in the future.
1: Absolutely, yeah. they could always check out more of our information or more of our. What we're doing and other projects we're working on at uh, Philly-Films.com and the films is spelled with a P H I L M S. Yeah, sorry guys. So it's P H I L L Y hyphen or dash if you're you know using different terminology. Films spelled P H I P is Paul H I L M S dot com.
0: Right, and I'll put that link in there when we put this up as well. Boom. Oh i was going
2: to say or you can click on the link that Tony's going well, to Well it's hard to when you're list.
0: listening to I'm it I'm so on your used iPod.
1: to like leaving messages and making sure that I spell my email just correctly.
0: <laughs> well well check out our Facebook page and social media to find out more about Phillyfilms.com and um, you can go to our YouTube page or contact us to find some of the videos I've done especially on assistive technology um, and our walk video which um, I've done some walk videos for us in the past on my little computer here um, and the walk video we have this year is our best video I think no offense, other chapters, but the best vlog video out there because of you guys' work. So we appreciate that sharing. Hey, the give yourself
1: some credit. You gave us a lot of the footage for yeah, that. Absolutely. Right. I'm not down. You down. just fiddled with look, it. Look, I'm still awesome, but you guys
0: are really awesome at what you You need to be better at me at this than this, because otherwise, we're why are we talking? It's good when you're part of the team. So, um, so look for more about what Philly Films is doing, uh, and we encourage you to find your own ways to tell your ALS story. Uh, contact us, and we're we're hoping to do that story. Hope and plan, and their plan is to end ALS for good. So thank you guys for taking some time out today. Thanks thank you. Tony.